Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Well, though some folks thought it would never get here, it's clearly summer in Maine. The number of cars on the road tells us that there are visitors galore, and many of us are trying to take things a little more slowly, if we can. So, this is a good time to root around in the Electronic Cottage archives to dig up some programs that may be worth another listen for those of us here year-round, or that may be new to folks who've come to visit. In either case, we hope you enjoy, and find useful, this Notes from the Electronic Cottage Encore. Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. These long, cold nights in the winter are perfect for reading by the stove or the fireplace or just curled up under the quilts. If you, like us, are concerned about the world that our children and their children, and very possibly ourselves, will be living in before too long, let's look at some of the things that might be worth putting on the bookstand or on whatever electronic reading device you prefer. Looking far into the future is always a complicated and imprecise job. So let's start with a time frame that's well nigh upon us. And let's begin by looking through the lens of the World Economic Forum, an organization that describes itself in these words. Quote, The World Economic Forum, committed to improving the state of the world, is the international organization for public-private cooperation. End quote. It's also the organization that's convening a meeting of the rich and powerful, with emphasis on rich, in Davos, Switzerland, as we speak. In short, this is not an organization that's known for its emphasis on the plight of what many are calling today the other 99% of the world's population. Just thought a little background is in order as we take a look at the World Economic Forum's report issued in January of 2016, entitled, quote, The Future of Jobs, Employment, Skills, and Workforce Strategy for the Fourth Industrial Revolution, end quote. The report is available for free at www.weforum.org. That report looks at employment in the world from 2015 to 2020, not very far in the future at all, but a time when we'll all be facing some significant changes in what work we do, and, just as importantly, in what work is available for us to do. Keep in mind that this report covers countries that account for about 65% of the economic development in the world. That's far from 100%. But the thrust of the report is potent nonetheless. Here are a couple of paragraphs from the beginning section. Quote, Today, we're on the cusp of a fourth industrial revolution. Developments in genetics, artificial intelligence, robotics, nanotechnology, 3D printing, and biotechnology, to name just a few, are all building on and amplifying one another. This will lay the foundation for a revolution more comprehensive and all-encompassing than anything we've ever seen. Smart systems, homes, factories, farms, grids, or cities will help tackle problems ranging from supply chain management to climate change. 
The rise of the sharing economy will allow people to monetize everything from their empty house to their car. While the impending change holds great promise, the patterns of consumption, production, and employment created by it also pose major challenges, requiring proactive adaptation by corporations, governments, and individuals. As entire industries adjust, most occupations are undergoing a fundamental transformation. While some jobs are threatened by redundancy and others grow rapidly, existing jobs are also going through a change in the skill sets required to do them. End quote. Fair enough. We all know that the world is moving at an amazingly fast pace and change is happening everywhere. But what does that mean for us in our everyday lives? Further on in the report, there's a sobering projection. Quote, Current trends could lead to a net employment impact of more than 5.1 million jobs lost to disruptive labor market changes over the period 2015 to 2020, with a total loss of 7.1 million jobs, two-thirds of which are concentrated in the office and administrative job family, and a total gain of 2 million jobs in several smaller job families. End quote. The report goes on to say that, quote, employment growth is expected to derive disproportionately from smaller, generally high-skilled job families that will be unable to absorb job losses coming from other parts of the labor market. Even if they could, significant reskilling would be needed. End quote. In the past, when technology disrupted one job area of the economy, for example, robotic automation in factories, other areas in the economy seemed to grow. For example, office workers who were skilled working with personal and business computer programs. This bore out a prediction made 80 years ago by the prominent economist John Maynard Keynes. He asserted that unemployment engendered by technology would cost jobs in the short run, but over time those lost jobs would be replaced in other occupations, many made possible by the same technological disruption. Today, many economists are not so sure. Recall the words of the World Economic Forum that we just heard. We're facing, quote, a revolution more comprehensive and all-encompassing than anything we've ever seen, end quote. And what's driving that revolution? To a great extent, it's technology. But not just any technology. These days, it's two technologies in particular, robotics and artificial intelligence. This, quote, fourth industrial revolution, end quote, is probably a misleading description. It suggests that the resulting economic and social disruption will be more of the same, but just bigger and more comprehensive. Disturbing as such a disruption might be, it would be tolerable if it eventually led to a better life for all on the planet, and eventually led to lots of new jobs. But what if instead it means the possibility of calling into question just what human beings are? What if we're unable to tell the difference between interacting with a machine and interacting with a flesh-and-blood human. That situation, after all, 
is the definition of artificial intelligence in the so-called Turing test, devised by the great mathematician and computer scientist Alan Turing back in the 1930s. The World Economic Forum is probably very accurate in pointing out that what's coming down the pike in the next five years and beyond will require that we all, in one way or another, will have to adapt to what lies ahead. But to adapt wisely and well, we'll need to understand both the technologies and their implications for our lives and those of our children and grandchildren, so that we can adapt effectively while retaining our humanity. So, for the next few editions, we'll try to look a little more closely at the state of the art and just as importantly, at the trajectory of artificial intelligence and of robotics, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage.